All right, Teach Better Family and Admin Mastermind participants, it's great to see you on this video as we're going through the recap. And as you can notice, I have someone different than someone on the Teach Better team with me because I have the phenomenal Bobby French, who has been an Admin Mastermind participant for quite some time, join me to kind of talk through our recap. And Bobby, it was great to see you and then some new familiar faces uh, with the group this morning. It was. It was a great group. It's so nice. Um, I just love coming to Mastermind. And then it was. We had a few new faces that I haven't seen for a while. So it was, yeah. it was nice. It's awesome. And it's funny because the last couple of weeks, the weather has been just chaotic for so many folks. And so, you know, they are either at home or they have a late start. And so they're being able to join us on Tuesday mornings. And it's great to see everyone um, I think join us and have those conversations. I think that's the best thing about Mastermind is it's there for you every Tuesday at nine o'clock, whether you're a regular or you can pop in because you have a two hour delay at school. Yeah. And that's what I'm always impressed by is that people keep it on their calendars. So even if they can only pop in once every six weeks, they pop in. So again, Mastermind is always here for you. That's awesome. Yes. So this morning was kind of a bridge topic from last week. We were talking about like individual um, goals and how that was connecting to the campus level. And then today was more about summative evaluations and about providing feedback to your teachers and your staff. And so the first question just kind of as a baseline was really about the approach that admin has in regards to the assessment process. Because as we know, a lot of our participants are spread out throughout the country. We even have some folks in Canada. So uh, it looks very different for each person. So Bobby, kind of what was like the takeaway for you in regards to, you know, the current approach by many of our admin participants? Well, I think like you said, Josh, it kind of depends also where you are and what's required at your state to help teachers. I think one of the things that we really, you know, we talked about was that evidence collection piece and how it yeah. looks different, um, you know, in different places here in Massachusetts, we're starting to roll out a new rubric and what that looks like, or what does your summatives look like for your new teachers versus, you know, your veteran teachers, because that can be so different you know, as well. I know for me, I've started really focusing on my, you know, what we call our non-professional status teachers to really support them and see what they need. So again, the the evaluations should be to support teachers, not anything that's a gotcha or an aha, you know, so how do we, you know, work with them? And I think a lot of our, you know, mastermind participants shared, some, you know, some of those ideas and whether that was at, you know, the high school level and, and how you meet with them or the difference between a principal or an assistant principal, you know, mm -hmm. kind of overseeing um, teachers. And I think some of the different strategies and how through formal observation, walkthroughs, um, providing positive notes for feedback after an observation, you know, there were a lot of different strategies that were shared. Yeah. I thought to the whole idea of like, not providing just busy work or a song and dance, you know, trying to find a system for your teachers to make sure that it's going to be something that's going to create growth, not just about getting tasks done. And I, I loved that, that viewpoint of things and how things were kind of being shifted on different campuses, but you're right. I mean, I, I know in the state of Texas, me and you talked about this, like the rubric changed, the verbiage changed, a lot of things changed. And so our veteran teachers probably had a tougher time with that shift than our younger teachers, because for the younger teachers, it was just what they always knew, <laughs> right? <laughs> Where, you know, we had to have a mind shift in regards to language and whatnot. And so um, even the informal evaluations, the observations, the walkthroughs, all that changed also. And so, you know, a lot of people are, um, have to kind of get used to a lot of different procedures consistently changing. And, and that's hard for a lot of folks. 
Yeah, but I think one of the nice things when we talked about some of those changes is how we've gotten away from those really big binder portfolios. You know, again, when you talk about the tasks, like we want our teachers to do things that are meaningful for them to show what they've learned, what's working for them or how they want to grow. And, you know, there was no reason that you need to put together this beautiful, you know, I'm at the elementary level. See, elementary teachers want everything to look pretty. So they spend more time on making these binders look pretty, you know, than actually providing evidence that can support you as a teacher. So I think that all of us, you know, in our districts that have scaled back on that to really, we want it to work for our teachers and we want to make it more meaningful. I think that's, that's important. Yep. So, Bobby, you had talked about strategies, and I want to kind of dig into that a little bit more because our conversation shifted over to, like, how do we enhance participation throughout the entire school year for the evaluation process? Probably more specific to individual goals, because as we know, it's really heavy at the beginning of the school year as far as admin, giving PD to staff, talking through the rubric, talking about the goal setting and how to do that um, in a very... I don't know, like in depth way with data and whatnot. And then we go, you know, as the year goes on, we get busy. And a lot of times our teachers will wait for the end of the school year to be able to put in their evidence and and really focus on that personalized goal. So what were some strategies that kind of stuck out for you to kind of enhance that participation? So it's not just beginning the school year and the end of the school year. Well, and I think like I had shared for me, I started meeting with all my non-professional staff teachers monthly, you know, just kind of doing that myself to see, you know, how are they doing so that they're also, those goals are in the forefront, but also we're in the middle of, you know, mid, mid-year-ish evidence collection. So they knew for me exactly what my expectations were. What I really liked that I took away too is one of our participants shared how they sort of made a list. So if you're talking about family engagement, here are all the things that you could include or choose from as family engagement. So that I definitely took a note of myself too, to kind of make that. I think for teachers to have their own sort of exemplars and what that looks like when we're asking them to provide evidence is helpful. And um, we also had a participant share about how teachers could almost pick their passion goals, you know, so more individualized too that they were working on. And so I think if teachers are going to do that, you need a way to keep track or that you're still providing support. So if one teacher is, you know, trying to bring art more into their classroom or a teacher is trying to, you know, work more in their transitions with students and not do it the same way each time, that as administrators, how do we support them in, in some of those really individualized goals you know, that they have. So I, I liked some of those ideas as well that, that were shared. Yeah. I, I thought you had brought up a good point too, Bobby, in regards to like getting into classrooms often. And then when you saw certain things going on in the classroom, having that side conversation mm-hmm. and, and informally to say like, Hey, this is a, a wonderful thing that you can connect to your goal, or this is a wonderful piece of evidence that you could, you know, enhance, you know, your rating going in and to the summative evaluation. So I think a lot of times our teachers naturally do things in the classroom and they don't make that connection to to actually collect that art as an artifact to put into their end goal. Well, and I think that's because we talked about most of our teachers wait till three days before it's due to actually collect their evidence, <laughs> you know, so yep. um, they don't think about, oh, that lesson I had three Tuesdays ago. And yep. so, yeah, that was one of the other insights that I had while we were talking was because I'm in the classrooms all the time. I hate it when I have days of meetings that I can't get in there. So I'm always just walking through and I'm present, but trying mm-hmm. to be a little bit more focused on some of those teachers and their needs or their goals to be able to say, you know, what, that was a fabulous lesson. Why don't you take a few minutes and write that up to save that as, as evidence? Or I take a lot of pictures to myself when I'm 
in the classroom to do a weekly sure. snapshot at the end of the week for our parents. So, you know, even sending a picture of a lesson as a reminder and say, you know, that math lesson was great. You used that turn and talk well. Students understood your learning goal. Here, use this as your evidence and write this up, you know, so that we're helping them to remember that this is a year long process, not a, oh yeah, what can I pull out for some evidence three days before I have to put it into my, into my system? Yeah. Um, you know, so as us ha again, and that shows that we're there to support them and saying, hey, this was great, use this as evidence. This was fantastic, use this as evidence as we go throughout the school year. Yeah, I love that. All right, so Bobby, the last kind of piece that we talked about was just procedures that we have in place to provide feedback throughout the evaluation period. Because as we know, at the end of the school year for admin, we have to make some really difficult choices in regards to contracts for the following year. Um, some things that we see are potentially alarming and we need to put someone on a plan to make sure that they're you know, really taking advantage of the time that they have left over the school year to, to get better in that situation. So, you know, what are some things that you heard or learned about from other people in regards to things that they put in place to provide feedback for growth? Well, I think, as I had mentioned a little bit earlier too, is some of those notes after. So if you do an observation, you know, that's at least five minutes, some people would provide, you know, some notes or feedback. So, you know, if what you saw, you know, is positive and you want to see more of that, people were leaving positive notes or yep. sending positive emails, or, you know, a lot of people talked about the Danielson model, you know, and with a lot of that too, is, is having those face-to-face -face conversations afterwards. So making sure that you're providing some of that feedback along the way, and then you're not just waiting for formal time times if you have a teacher that needs to make improvements. Um, you know, we're all dictated by, you know, contracts and process and procedures. But outside of that, we can have that personal piece where we're talking to them and we're letting them know, you know, by that ongoing feedback. And some of it is just questions. You know, I asking teachers, you know, about things that that you did see, you didn't see and, and having those conversations. But I think it's as administrators you know, what I heard is people making sure that they're connecting with those teachers throughout the year and providing that feedback in one way or another in an ongoing manner. Yeah, I think the personalized learning component too was, was really strong in regards to, you know, learning about the teacher, but then also figuring out what are some areas of growth and providing those opportunities for them to, to learn and to grow. Um, so we do that with our students, you know, all the time, we need to make sure that we're doing the same thing with our teachers and our staff. Exactly. Modeling it right there at the adult level, you know, the things that we would expect to see for our students. Yeah. Well, I love this conversation. I think, you know, going into next week, um, I, I know in our wonderful Facebook group, and if you haven't joined yet, this is the link. Make sure that you're going there. But uh, several people have brought some additional topics for next week. I, I know staff interviews is a really big topic right now as we're starting to look at our, like I said, our contracts, our staffing, our you know, looking for the following school year. And those interviews are starting already for some of our admins. So uh, I think that'll be the, the topic next week, just to, for those who are watching to give you a little insight on what we're going to be talking about and discussing. But uh, yeah, I'm super excited about, you know, just the conversations we've had. It's been extremely rich. I love the participation that we've seen. And then of course, like I said, just some faces that we haven't seen for a while, but Bobby, you're always just such a, a presence in this group. And I just appreciate you know, what you're doing, not only on campus, but with this admin group. And I just love that you're showing up each Tuesday. And I appreciate you joining me today here on the Admin Mastermind Recap. No, it's fantastic. Thanks for inviting me, Josh. I look forward to my Tuesdays. And I'm glad that I'm back to being somewhat of a regular <laughs> Tuesday. I've missed it. Well, for those who missed this week, we hope that you would join us next week, um, 9 
a.m. Eastern time um, each week. So um, with that, I just hope everyone has a fantastic week. Thank you.